0: Oh, it's supposed to play the chord. It's supposed to play the chord, Jeff. What are you
1: doing to this show?
0: (laughs) I am leading us in. I I finally figured out how to do chords on this thing this week. See, that's that's a C major seventh, Jeff. Isn't that pretty? It's where, Shake Them Ropes, I'm writing a new theme song, the keyboard I... is my best friend. Shake Them Ropes. What were you saying, Jeff? The 8-bit video game version. This is good stuff. People like this stuff. Do you, you know these keyboards go for like $150? Which, there's no way in hell I would pay $150 for one of these Bro, things. I got this for free.
1: Is that like one of those little white ones, then? Or is it...
0: Uh, for those who are really interested, it's the Casio SK1. Ah. It's like their their sampling keyboard that they made in the late '80s, early '90s. Um, which it's got like a little onboard mic, and you can sample um on an input as well too.
1: Program sound effects in there, Chris.
0: Yeah, you know <laughs> it was pitched, It was pitched that we could do you know a morning zoo thing, and, and imagine the whimsy. Check it out. Here's here's a a sheep who doesn't like the retribution angle. Get this gimmick. This is a good one. I just wrote this. Bah, bah. 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 They, they think that the retribution angle is bah. bad. You get it? Yeah. <laughs> it's a soundboard.
1: Get in my Alexa Hey guys. Yeah you know, my Alexa Bliss voice and uh, hey you know, guys! and we get we get, we can have segments like Finisher yeah. of
0: the Week yeah. I mean, like, this this is good. This is comedy. And you can do little chords on it, too. (laughs) Uh, That's a good... (laughs) The Novembrino Finisher of the Week. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, right, right. The Novembrino Finisher. The
1: Novembrino Finisher. finisher.
0: It's got a limited sample, so you
1: kind
0: of... Finisher. You got to finish it off. The Novembrino Finisher. Ironically, it cuts off before it reaches the end. (laughs)
1: Oh. <laughs> so, it's basically preview week here, kids. Uh, SummerSlam, Slam, TakeOver 30. It's also cocktail hour, so Jeff has a nice uh, low-carb whiskey sour going. Chris, what are you drinking right now?
0: Um, I'm drinking coffee, oh. but uh, yeah, no, it's Friday night, and whimsy is afoot ever since we started taping these right after SmackDown finishes, like... Uh, it's a long show. I, I need I need mental help to get through it. <laughs> I've been, see I, and then I, you're um, lucky. that's usually kicking in by the time we're taping.
1: I've been immersed in these shows all week because I did
0: <laughs> the, You've been immersed uh, in this uh, Smackdown well, show. Not, not
1: Smackdown, SummerSlam and Takeover 30 because Monday on the Slack chat, uh, Grand Poobah Rich comes out and goes, "Okay, who wants to who wants to do previews?" And nobody volunteered. So, I did the preview for SummerSlam. I did the preview for TakeOver with Joe and Rich. And uh, and so, if you haven't read those yet, uh, you will not be spoiled by my takes today. If you have, it might be an audiobook version of them. But uh, plenty of news to go around, too. We'll start with, I think, the big story of the week. Renee Young will be finishing up with WWE after this weekend. She had two contracts. She had one with... Fox Sports about uh, backstage, and once that show was canceled, uh, that was done, and then she had one with WWE that said that uh, she didn't have to give specific notice, I believe, uh, in order to leave. So she has uh, basically said, "Hey, I'm gonna be done after SummerSlam." Don't know what her plans are. A lot of people are like, "Oh, AEW, definitely AEW." I don't know. I, I, I've, I'm not, I'm not being mean when I say this. I like Renee Young a lot. I don't think she brought as much to the table as a lot of people say she did. Um, they tried to put her in comedy. They, they certainly...
0: Yeah, I was going to say they tried with a number of things, and she was not able to grow into some of those roles. So I feel like, in a lot of ways, they explored what they could do with her. Um, the best thing that they were able to do with her were the backstage shows like Talking yeah. Smack, the first iteration of Talking Smack... But the problem is WWE didn't really like that format. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, the reason they don't like that format is because they're not in complete control of everything that goes on there. And the reason that people like us enjoy that format is because they're not in complete control of everything that goes on there. So you can see where those things kind of meshed. But um, in terms of being a great deliverer of the WWE scripting, you know, she was fine. Well, Here's Um, here's
1: where I had... A bit of a backlash against Renee, and not against her personally, but against the chatter. And it, and it was these. I think it was the the observer that first came up. And, well, ESPN's really interested in her, and I'm thinking she has a noticeable lisp. And I, I don't want to be mean about because she does a great job of covering it. But sometimes she can't. And I, I. It, I, I you know, it's just—it was one of those things where well, I was like, TV
0: ESPN's different than radio. ESPN. Yeah, that's
1: true too. I mean, I could see her doing that. I could see her just—I to me, just given the the projects that she was doing on the network, um, she wants to be a, a morning talk show host, and I think that's fine. I, I when she was doing that like coffee show on the network, I, I didn't really see much in her interviewing, but that could have also been because of the tight scripting. I think she was perfectly fine. I, I think Charlie kind of does backstage reporter a little bit better. I I think Kayla will probably be okay on panel shows. I think I think Renee's real strength was pre shows and panel shows and things like that. Because I don't I don't think Charlie's as good on those as Renee was. But I think backstage interviewing, you know, my guest at this time is blank blank. I mean, it doesn't take a lot to do that, so the bar's kind of low.
0: Yeah, anyone can be slotted into that role, and WWE really has sort of created that role to be someone. You you can just slot in whoever, uh, and it doesn't really necessarily demand a lot out of characterization. I
1: didn't want people coming. in. You don't think Renee is talented? It's not that. I, I just thought she was overvalued a bit by people in the wrestling community. That's all. I, I, I think she's great. I loved her on Talking Smack. When Daniel Bryan would crack her up, that was my favorite Renee pretty much, when Renee was having fun. And also, okay, here here you go. Because I have, I have to somehow cover my ass on this because I, I feel bad. Because <laughs> it wasn't well thought out what I said, to be honest with you. Uh, um, I, I really liked. Cover your ass. Stop that. Stop it. Let, let's do the show,
0: Chris. Uh, I am doing okay. the show. This is whimsy. This is whimsy. <laughs>
1: uh when they Go. when they required her to actually act and do an angle i thought she was really solid like there were times where on talking smack she'd have to be part of an angle or even in that terrible you remember when they? Oh yeah,
0: because there's that one episode of Talking Smack where it, it ends with like the camera falling to the ground, like the show like gets derailed, like Natty attacks her really or good the
1: attacker or something like that. Yeah,
0: yeah, they do a really good job selling that. yes. and
1: there was also that time when they put her on, uh, they put her on commentary on uh, on Raw in 2018 when it came out that she and uh, Moxley were dating. And they kept on, they kept on bringing it up on air and trying to do an angle out of it. And I, you know, I thought her reactions were solid there too. She has some acting chops in there. Uh, Kathy Kelly kind of wants to be an actress. I don't see Renee going down that road. I, I see her wanting to. Uh, do Renee
0: that. actually was an actress as a kid.
1: Was she? I did not know that. Yeah. Oh okay. I, I like
0: I don't normally know a whole lot about people's bios, but for whatever reason, I actually do know that. Yeah yeah. I knew I knew about the Canadian
1: acting. radio thing. That was uh, the crux of my knowledge. I did not know that. Okay, cool. Well, but, you know, she could also just show up and, you know, replace Jen Sturger and uh, Alex Marvez and, you know, these other people that they have playing backstage correspondent. And maybe, you know, maybe much like Dasha Gonzalez, she just flourishes in that role and you just go, oh, wow, that's what they had in her. So that's also another possibility.
0: Yeah. Um, I think she's got more to her personality than what WWE has gotten out of her. So maybe she would be a better character actor in the AEW universe. That being said, I don't know that they necessarily need her, um, in any specific role at this moment or need to address any specific thing that Renee would make them stronger on at present. Um, but yeah, no, I think she's really talented. Uh, at the same time i i just don't she was those, not going to be she
1: was not going to be a good wrestling color commentator
0: right 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 like uh, she there is non wrestling speakers mm-hmm. in world wrestling entertainment are not used the way i would like to see them you would like to see them a lot of people would like to see them and i think it's always sort of important to calibrate expectations or what is success for non-wrestling talent in today's WWE based around that premise you're not going to have someone like Jimmy Hart or like Jim Cornette or someone who does a lot of talking really sort of command does a lot of non-wrestling stuff and really kind of commands a certain gravitas or even a mean Gene Okerlund and I think I guess to kind of get into it, I think that maybe the frustration for people who want to see Renee better utilized, she she did have the potential, especially earlier on in her run, to really be built up as this generation's mean Gene Okerlund with yeah. like a certain level of credibility, and they didn't do that with her, and they should have.
1: I, I just remember her on NXT commentary. It always, She'd be brought out for just women's matches, so it was pandering to begin with. And all she could really say is, that's my girl right there. And you're like, that's not really adding a lot. And, you know, I mean, as Ben. No, no, it was
0: really tough because she was also put into the color commentator, the baby face color commentator role. And the only person who's really figured out how to do that correctly. um, And he was he did a good job of this on Raw, too. Byron Saxton. Mm-hmm. Byron Saxton, like, is actually really good at being the babyface color commentator because he's figured out that the, the layer on top of this is that you're a schlub. Like, yeah. you're in addition to, you know, oh, I like all the good guys, but, like, I'm a dorkus malorkus, I'm a schlub, and the guy who likes the heels is the cool guy. I'm there that to be I'm done... there
1: to tee up the heel if you're in a three-man booth. Right. Although, you know, Saxton on a couple of these take early takeovers – was just in a two-man booth, I think. Sometimes, like, or maybe Corey was still in there. I can't remember, but yeah, he, he's he's better to give him credit for. But also, the main roster just makes him look dumb sometimes. So, but that's what main roster yeah. does. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I mean, mean
0: there yeah. was that Stone Cold Steve Austin oh, gimmick. Oh, no, let us not forget. No,
1: don't make me remember that during taping. Or, the show. or let us
0: not remember. <laughs> is is that the option here? Yeah.
1: Um. Scary situation this week. Uh, Philip A. Thomas the second. Whose Twitter account consisted of almost exclusively praising Sonia Deville and retweeting all her posts was arrested and charged with aggravated stalking, armed burglary of a dwelling, attempted armed kidnapping, and criminal mischief. He's being held without bond. He broke in through a screen door, I believe. As uh, and Sonia Deville and Mandy Rose were, um, I believe, coming home from from going out. I, I don't remember the exact. Specification, but he wrote something on social media saying, I'm waiting by the pool. She got out through a, another door somehow called the police. Kids don't be toxic fans. Don't, you know what? We enjoy people on TV. No, This is beyond
0: being oh, yeah. toxic fans. This, yeah. Yeah.
1: But I mean, there, there's this weird thing with people on television where it's like, if, if they, if they just meet me, I'd be their friend or whatever. And, and it just, I'm, I'm, it happens in wrestling, I think, more than anything because of that blurred line at times.
0: Yeah, because, the, the, I mean, with wrestling in particular, back when we, we had live audiences, it, there's a theory, especially if you pay good money, you can stand right at the barricade and be within six inches, and like the, there can be this toxic dream that forms in people's heads that maybe will make eye contact with one another, and that will change the way things are. Um, and I, I think it's important, whether people are actors or musicians or wrestlers, it's really great to appreciate them doing their thing for you on the stage. Um, but the person they are on the stage is just a person on the stage. Yeah, wrestling, you know, you know wrestling, I mean? you like, get yeah.
1: the worst of both worlds. You get the entertainment fans who want to meet you. And then you get the sports-type fans who want to meet you, too. It's like the people hanging out at the airports waiting for uh, waiting for wrestlers to get off the plane so they can sign merchandise and things like that. That's just... Uh, yeah. It's scary for her, but... Yeah. But even worse, they made it part of the storyline tonight. And I just didn't like that. I really didn't. I mean, for... Uh, it was Warren Hayes over at Fightful uh, who made the good point, oh, you, you can take Sonya's real-life... Scare and make it part of it, but you can't mention COVID for the past three months because you might upset people. I just, I find it tacky. in In some ways, I understand them doing it, and I guess they kind of increase the heat a bit by doing it. But I, I just thought it was overkill to be honest with you.
0: I guess. Um. I mean, it's really weird to have Sonya make it the focus because she's the heel in the feud. So you have this situation wherein she is the victim, and, like, she slaps the crap out of Dana Brooke and then still goes out there and heals up on Mandy. Like, they they kind of work it – like, it's weird because it's like they work in reality, but they kind of don't work it in a way that makes sense into kayfabe. Right,
1: right. Yeah, well, they had Mandy out there first, you know, saying, hey, let's just call this off. It's been a bad week, Things, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, if they play – See, because they can't help the camp. They have to add the camp in there. If you don't add the camp in, then then those dumb vans won't get it. And it's just like, oh, you could you could have nuance here and do something with it. But no, they went full camp. So, kind of weird. Uh, Talking Smack coming back, uh, as announced on SmackDown tonight. Uh, it will be uploaded in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> You know the, the the whole thing about it was being great was it was live, but it looks like it'll be Caleb Braxton, Xavier Woods on there. Um, mostly, and
0: you'll see it on Saturday morning.
1: Yeah, mostly.
0: Oh, that's gonna. That I mean, that's just gonna be filler TV.
1: Yeah. Well, it's mostly for the free uh, free tier of the WWE Network because Raw Talk has been such a success over there. So I don't know. I th- I think it's gonna be. Very, it's not going to be the same talking smack, guys. It's not going to be Daniel Bryan being subversive and making you know (laughs) hog jokes about James Ellsworth. You know, it's going to be tightly controlled storyline. No, it's all going to
0: be well within the kayfabe world. Like, uh, yeah, no, no. The the fun of talking smack was that it was operating. Within, it was an improv show within the characters that they play on WWE, not trying to break kayfabe, but also not necessarily trying to adhere to it too tightly either.
1: Joe Belcastro had been the head writer of NXT, um, has left the company. It looks like Johnny Russo and Gabe Sapolsky are going to be uh, having more and more influence now behind Triple H. It's weird because I believe, if I'm right, Johnny Russo left... Being a main roster writer in early 2019 and then came back in like summer 2019 to re- work for NXT. So, you know, it doesn't mean the end for him, but, you know, NXT's taken a weird turn the past few months, anyways. Um, it, it feels it like. Lo-
0: as we said last week, it just hasn't felt like NXT. Yeah,
1: and we'll get into that when we get into this TakeOver 30 preview. It's just very weird. And speaking of which,. Another big story, this NXT conference call. Jason Powell, balls as big as church bells. Thank you, Jason Powell, for asking the tough question about Velveteen Dream to him. Triple H did not have the PR crafted answer he probably should have, but he was in a no win situation. I'm going to read you the quote, Chris. He said, You know, in this day today, accusations are made. And you take them all very seriously. You look into them the best you can, and you find out what is there and what isn't. In this situation, Clark was involved in a car accident. That's what took him off TV. In the moment, all this other stuff happens, and you look into it, and you find that there's a situation that people bring to everyone's attention. You look into it and find that it is what, what it is, and there's nothing there. Everything that we have done, we are comfortable with him continuing to do what he does and everything else. But he had a car accident. It stemmed down to people thought we moved him from TV for different reasons. We didn't. He was in a car accident. Once he was medically cleared to be able to return to the ring from his car accident, How does he say car accident? Here? We, we, <laughs> we <laughs> sorry. We continued forward the way we did. We looked into what was there and we didn't find anything. Chris, no. No, no it's one of
0: the most no. honest uh, answers I've ever heard in my life.
1: No, you this is this is a matter for the police to investigate, not the company.
0: If the, the man was in a car accident, what more do you need? Well, he was also texting underage people. That's that's the problem here, Chris. Maybe that's what caused the car no, accident. The man don't. was in a car accident. Do not go down that road. <laughs> <laughs> don't text and drive. That's all I'm saying. V O W. The man was in a car accident. Insensitive to the no. I'm I'm just saying. Look,
1: this is this is something. Look, if he was cleared by the police, <laughs> say he was cleared by the police.
0: Right. Uh, that's what we said last week. Like, if the man's been cleared, he's been cleared. Okay. Doesn't mean he's innocent. It,
1: it just means there's no charges being brought.
2: Okay.
0: Right. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. Right. That, that, this, that's what I was saying. Like, this is also an exceedingly low threshold. that it just means no charges are being brought. Um, but that is the threshold that WWE should hold here, uh, and for Hunter to throw out the so it is what it is, and I feel like that was more him having word salad rather than like being like it is what it is. You know what I well, mean? That's like, just not the
1: worst. Th-
0: yeah, that's just that's but,
1: just a, I'm gonna be non-committal. Just I'd I'd have more respect if he came out and said I'm being non-committal right now.
0: <laughs> yeah it, no no for sure uh it, it, it is I've I've long held that it is what it is it's just it's a bad phrase like it's you shouldn't don't go with that phrase because there's always a better choice of yeah
1: there's always something that you can say to either <laughs> it is what it is um, there was a high profile story that used that term this week too and I just went no, it's not the way to do this story um yeah. That's that's just bad luck, And then, you know, he's in the uh, he's in the ladder match for the uh, North American title. We'll see if they belt him. That would be interesting, wouldn't it?
0: It would be interesting. I don't think that that's what's going to happen. No, um, I don't either. No. Yeah. I, I mean, the guy was just in a car accident. I think they want to make sure he's fully up to speed
1: you're such a troll you're such a damn troll oh, well, I'm trying to compose myself uh, the WWE Network this past week took down a number of documentaries that featured Bret Hart Got this again many had speculated oh,
0: they, 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 remember when they did this with Stampede and they had to take down all the Stampede wrestling this is
1: because of the Stampede thing Chris
0: Oh, is yes. Okay, all right. right. Many had
1: speculated. This is per Wrestling Observer. Gotta get full credit. Forgot. Many had speculated regarding Bret Hart's ownership of his matches from Stampede Wrestling, and that is pretty much the story.
0: Good. Good. (laughs) They. I jump on the. I grew up really liking Bret Hart, but like there are certain things like now that I'm an adult and everything, there are certain things about Bret Hart's personality that uh, he likes to he likes to scrap with people. He's not always scrapping with people I agree with, but uh, I I do notice that Bret's he's a scrapper. He likes to scrap.
1: If these two ever end up in assisted living, they need to be together. They just have to. And I will pay to watch it. I don't care. I will. I will pay to watch them fighting over pudding, or over turning the TV channel. <laughs> they're both. They're both in WWE's demographic. We'll be watching it during Mondays. You know, I board games, Parcheesi fights. I'm all for it. I'm all. I. I just want. I want these two to live to be 100, but behind closed doors and not running any companies or doing anything in wrestling and just bickering at each other all day. And I'll-
0: Yeah, it's like the weird way that they stay in touch with one another. It's like Brett sues Vince every five years. <laughs> hey, just want to tell you I love you. Here's your summons.
1: It's
0: been a while since we talked, Vince.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh- I was the best there is and the best there was. You can't air stampede. I'll see you in court.
1: (laughs) NXT this week was number, was 23rd overnight on Wednesdays. 853,000 up, 37.8%, 18 to 49 rating, 0.24, that's a 50% raise. Again, unopposed because Saturday's chock full of graps because you're going to have TakeOver and AEW Dynamite running head to head, at least for part of the time. I don't view this as necessarily a positive. I just view it as the male fans came over to watch NXT.
0: Yeah, and I think it's interesting as a measuring stick as people are dissecting ratings uh, from here on out. You can actually get a sense of who are the mobile wrestling fans versus maybe what the baseline is for each network that they're respectively on. So how much is actual meaningful attrition? Or, like, what what is... What is the battleground of viewers? How big is that field? Is it a hundred thousand? Is it fifty thousand? Is it two hundred thousand? How big is that field of actual mobile viewers?
1: What did you think of Thunderdome?
0: <laughs> it's beautiful. It it's it's hideous. There's a it's scene like, in <laughs> The
1: Simpsons. It's I believe it's it was it was the film festival. Episode. I thought it was
0: like one of those treehouse. Well, no, of no, 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 no.
1: I'm going for a reference here, where where Mr. Burns goes, get me Steven Spielberg, or his cheapest Mexican equivalent. This was the cheap equivalent of the NBA thing. It's like they looked at that, and said, "That's what we'll do," but how can we make it look like a Zoom meeting?
0: It looks horrible. There was, um, I saw someone say there was a person sleeping. There was, I retweeted that, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I mean, there's just very limited control. It it reminded me more of uh, some of, like, the Twitch and online game streaming services. They have the arena vibe thing where you can be on your webcam and, like, it'll actually put up your your face on the screen. It kind of gave me that vibe, but it was very low rent I mean what it does effectively is it creates an illusion of depth and space but that being said you could use graphics to create an illusion of depth and space that looks way less low rent than that
1: well they they needed that because they are doing these shows from the Amway Center in Orlando I understand that part of it it doesn't bring any energy and the canned crowd noise doesn't help necessarily, I don't think. I, I just, it's... It,
0: it, no, it brings no energy because energy is really based on movement. And in a lot of cases, these videos are not streaming at high enough resolution to really capture movement. I, in particular, there was one woman on the left side of my screen... And she was really trying to participate in the show the whole night. I was like watching her, except all night her web service was jumpy. So like you'd see her like with her thumbs up when a baby face is coming out, but it'd like get like kind of slashed out and herky jerk, and and you didn't get that motion that you get from the crowd. The canned noise and the canned crowd noise. I, I mean. I don't think that added anything either. Uh, I I think this is a, a high budget, at best, push to what they were doing with having you know everyone just around plexiglass and banging the glass and making noise. Yeah, if
1: you had like super excited children for some reason, if you could actually have a hot product, you know, and, and they're watching, they're screaming and they're jumping up and down, and you know, you know, maybe you could get something out of that. But you know, having. <laughs>
0: That would actually be cool. And I think it would actually be a good reminder of uh, who WWE's target audience actually is and who is an important demographic that wrestling needs to be serving, which is children. Like, I think it'd be better to have kids actually cheering, actually booing, but you know, the John Cena t shirt kids, the Randy Orton t shirt kids, get those kids in front of the cameras. I mean, it's a way better option.
1: You know, 38-year-old guy on his couch, you know, <laughs> may not be completely aware of his surroundings, eating pork rinds and drinking beer. That, that's just not...
0: Yeah, also do a little bit of casting, too. Like, you know what I mean? Like, do a little bit I think they were trying
1: vetting. to. They were throwing some people off who were like, you know, hey, I was eating or something like that. And, you know... You know, you look at I just yeah, I think they were actually doing that during the show and they were trying to they're trying to find the uh, camera ready people as if as if they had like sexy people coming in to go
0: watch wrestling. But yeah, that you could just you could just kind of that's what they're going to do, Chris.
1: That's I. Oh, God, that's what they're going to do. They're going to they're going to have a bunch of models and stuff.
0: No, you're right. They're gonna swing. Oh. They're gonna swing hard. The, no, the next thing is gonna be all the people who were sitting around ringside. They're gonna be in mass in like the crowd, so they'll make up the crowd. Um, and we won't know that it's them, the wrestlers, because uh, a lot of them we haven't seen on TV or whatever. And they'll be in their COVID masks inexplicably, and, um, and they'll just be cheering, thumbs up or booing. And, e- and each down. of them
1: will have like three wigs, so that you don't know it's them necessarily, but they're playing three people in the crowd. Oh, they're gonna do that. They're gonna do because they're so television ready and they're gonna say, Look at those hideous people watching our product. We're gonna need we need sexier people. All their
0: rooms are poorly lit. I can't believe people don't watch wrestling in the best lit room.
1: <laughs> that thing was bright too, man. They needed to turn down the lights on some of that.
0: oh no, I know, they I know. it's like. And SmackDown and Raw are already really visually bright shows. Um, I, that's been a kind of constant complaint of mine. Um, uh, of them, especially compared to AEW. Like, it's just a very bright product. It's a um, digi
1: art form. Make it. Uh, uh, that's actually, you know what? I. 'Cause you know NXT during takeovers, they turn down the lights and it's kinda cool right, and gives that right. are they gonna do that tomorrow? That's what I'm wondering. No, I
0: think they're gonna terror dome it up tomorrow, too.
1: Mm, yeah. No, 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 no. They're in the PC. Oh, are they? Yeah, NXT is not part of this because of their relationship with full Sail. They can't they can't be in uh they're not gonna be part of Thunderdome. They're gonna still be doing their shows at the PC, but I'm wondering, are they gonna turn down the lights and make it dark and do that kind of cool ambiance of a you know a throwback wrestling show or have we gone full on sports entertainment pal
0: it's so wild to me that like this the turn down the lights and have you know have just the match be the centerpiece and the focus of the thing that you're watching on the screen like that is what the COVID era of wrestling has really been calling for and WWE has just been hell bent on getting away from that as much as possible. It's
1: Yeah, they were in denial. It, they were all they were all yeah. about the we're gonna do things the way we did them and you won't see any noticeable difference. And we're just gonna we're gonna give you because I believe the first incarnation of empty studio wrestling was going to be you're there even though the crowd isn't. So you're going to be immersed in the same arena experience that there used to be, and then they realized this isn't working, and then they kind of... They were keeping one eye on AEW. You can't deny that they weren't. And, and so they decided to bring in the trainees from the PC, and then eventually the hockey glass to make noise. Um, yeah, they, they've just been... Tr- they've been going the wrong way on this, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, yeah, I just... There's a real opportunity to do uh, a cleaner presentation, I think. And uh, the Thunderdome stuff is, it, you know what it reminds me of? Have you ever played the game Guess Who? I'm sure you've played the game yes. Guess Who, yeah. right? Yeah. like it, it was like looking at a giant board of <laughs> Guess Who.
1: Does he wear glasses? Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Two-thirds of the panel goes out. <laughs>
1: Oh, so did anything on the main roster this week tickle your fancy?
0: Well, speaking of the panels going out, uh, let's start with that since we're already on the Thunderdome experience here. Bray Wyatt, as The Fiend comes out and does more meaningful disruption to Vince McMahon's baby World Wrestling Entertainment than the Antifa stand-in Retribution has... Their entire run by actually like dismantling the Thunderdome. How weird was that?
1: There was that. There was the the combined <laughs> locker rooms. Come come, save WWE, <laughs> save SmackDown. Oh,
2: let's
0: get into another thing. You're you, speaking of COVID and how you can't mention COVID. How inexplicable is the idea of a massive? Massive insurgent <laughs> faction inside the company in an era of social distancing. Jeff, Th- this company is under COVID-related protocols. Even even though they're scared to say it, they mention the mass occasionally, and they've mentioned COVID I think a couple of times on the air. Like they they they've said the word once or twice at least. Uh, but but somehow a group that has the numbers way beyond peak way bloated, way beyond stupid NWO, has been able to assemble under the nose of Vince McMahon in the era of COVID-19. So
1: what you're saying is you want a more socially distanced run-in.
0: <laughs> I'm not saying I want a socially distanced run-in. I'm just saying I, I don't understand how you can have 30 insurgents when you Pete, can't even I have told 100 you, people on six site. six
1: feet away when we're beating on Big E, all right? Six feet... <laughs>
0: I mean, we can then get into the idea of, yes, okay, WWE is supposedly running protocols. They haven't always been so great. Um, So having an angle where you have like 20 people in the ring all at the same time, <laughs> maybe not the wisest choice. Oh, I am just waiting for someone to
1: have, you know, dormant sy- symptoms. And then that was the catalyst.
0: Yeah, right, because here's the person who's probably the most likely to not be getting the testing that WWE is doing. One of these retribution guys or girls who is not a regular feature on television and maybe isn't even officially part of retribution, but is just serving as a stand-in extra.
1: Vince just came out there to growl Thunderdome, right?
0: Yeah, I, yes, absolutely. Um, although, I, I mean, it's just, it's funny to use the Thunderdome, Thunderdome. as part of an angle. I, I think in his mind, that's just good wrestling, br- brother. Um, but I, I just get over the actual Thunderdome thing. Don't have Bray Wyatt short circuit your l- neat little computer television Zoom meeting thing.
1: Look at this thing. Look how great it is. Look how great it is. You, the WWE universe, interactive with the...
0: (laughs) And then, yeah, like, okay, so then the other part of this ridiculous Insurgent Antifa angle here is, so now you have the entire locker room run out. Jeff, at some point, somebody needs to recognize who one of these people are. Right? (laughs) Shouldn't the secret be out on at least two to three members of Retribution by now? Just just somebody punches guy. oof. Bob, that you? (laughs) (laughs) There's not that many people in the building! (laughs) Wait. There's not! There can't be!
1: Weren't you in the audience for SmackDown (laughs) last week? Yeah, that was me cheering on, you.
0: yeah. In my Retribution Antifa outfit.
1: Yeah. Shotzi? Um. (laughs) Shotzi'd be kind of recognizable. Kind of. Yeah, I know. I, there, I there's, I, it, there's I, just I, I, so
0: many problems with this angle. Uh, like, and, and then we could get into the workers coming down and supporting Vince. But like, why we don't really understand why the locker rooms quote unquote making a stand for WWE. On. If your
1: name is Retribution, why aren't you kicking the crap out of Vince?
0: <laughs> also true. All Yeah, right. It, that that kind of my initial setup here of Bray has done more to disrupt Vince's product and Vince's vision than retribution. I mean, and why wasn't retribution out there to take Vince hostage or something? Why wasn't this all essentially a setup to get Vince?
1: Yeah. Who do you want retribution against? WWE? Who owns WWE and never comes out of hiding? Oh, look. It's it's Vince McMahon. Um
0: Jeff, they've literally been spray painting no WWE <laughs> on the walls.
1: Look, <laughs> like, look, that's just far too look, we're we're just we're just we're just not uh nah, we're being subtle this isn't even, we're being subtle uh, about this been, whole thing. We've us. been
0: criticized of fantasy booking before, but like this is just stuff that they've laid out there. Yeah, they obviously they, like they've, obvious they've expressly voice.
1: said they want no more WWE. And the head of WWE <laughs> is out there and they do nothing. Ay-yi-yi. Um, yeah. It, this is this is on them. It's on you guys for bad storytelling. Um, but I man, it smells like somebody let a skunk out in the hallway for some reason. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, brother.
1: No, no, it ain't weed. I oh. mean, it smells like actual oh. <laughs> skunk.
0: <laughs> oh, um,
1: sorry. Yeah, <laughs> brother. <just> weird. <laughs> uh, no, I. They can't reveal any of these guys, can they? can we actually have a retribution faction or are we going to have them be like unnamed red shirts for a certain Yeah, talents? That's
0: that's the next problem, right? Now that you've expanded this retribution faction out to like 20 something people all of a sudden, which in a way is the only thing that ever made sense. But also we've now discussed like the numbers issues inside of a finite universe, like WWE. How do you possibly reveal all of these people? And then how do you book a storyline that somehow takes care of 20 people in a narratively satisfying way. Like, all of a sudden, we're now booking the Walking Dead WWE version with all these, like, sub-characters. No way, man. Um, I think maybe they reveal a couple of them, and, like, that's how they spin out of this, but I, it's very clear that they don't know where this storyline is going. No,
1: they don't yet. Um, <laughs> and the only other thing, because everything else kind of ties into... Our previews, new Intercontinental champ crowned tonight. Jeff Hardy beating AJ Styles with a knee brace. The,
0: the reason they did that is they wanted to say that They had a title change inside of the Thunderdome.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking that. Although, I, I did like the, uh, I liked the segment afterwards with uh, the former Joseph Park and AJ Styles. But other than that, I don't care about Jeff Hardy. I don't care about him having a title. I gotta be honest.
0: He is just having a very... By the numbers, little run right now in WWE. Doc, I need a it,
1: knee it, brace. Doc, I need a brace. Give me a brace. Uh, I,
0: I, I, man, it, it him having to deliver dialogue like the WWE dialogue's always been stiff. But like we know, Jeff's got limitations on the scripting, acting front. He's at his best when he's acting weird and not talking very yeah,
1: much. Yeah. Instead of you know taking out Ray's eye, they should have taken out Jeff's voice box.
0: That actually would have been a good
1: angle. (laughs) That would have been a bad angle, to be honest with you. Yeah, I. Oh, dear Lord. But that being said, do you want to start with SummerSlam or do you want to start with TakeOver?
0: Let's start with SummerSlam. Let us
1: do that coming from the Amway Center in Orlando, Florida on Sunday night. I have no idea what the pre show matches are because I believe they will probably be announced. After the recording of this show, so I am just going with the card as is. Chris, a hair versus hair match, Mandy Rose versus Sonia Deville. I will be reading from. No, my... it's
0: career versus career, my friend. Is it? it hair was not enough? No, it got escalated. I
1: missed that part. Apparently, I... yeah.
0: No, the loser leaves WWE for good and forever.
1: Oh.
0: I th- and based on that I think it's going to be Sonya Deville this is, see this is what I get stuff. for
1: having part of the show on mute sometimes <laughs> you,
0: the, I mean uh, I have I say a lot of stuff uh, I, oh you're talking about uh, WWE yes yeah you do listen to everything I say that's nice
1: I do occasionally listen to you um, okay. Okay. Sonya Deville once again god I love I love her suits I do.
0: I think she's great. She's finally found a look. Oh, man. She's finally found a look. (laughs) On the flip side of the script, did you see what I was talking about with uh, Raquel Gonzalez um, as the taller version of Sonya Deville this week on NXT? Yeah,
1: no. Uh, That that was (laughs) was a good call on you. Uh, So uh, (laughs) I did not miss any other match stipulations, I don't think. So, okay, so you're not saying it's career versus career?
0: Um, it is loser leaves WWE, so I think I, it's not a, you officially can never wrestle here again. But like it leaves WWE, and I, I think it's gonna be Sonya so that she can go and do the court stuff here.
1: Okay. Um. Wow, I had I had originally had Sonya winning this thing when I wrote my preview because I thought they were gonna. Oh, do- Oh,
0: Sonya losing. Sonya losing is. I, I'm. I'm sorry. I guess I should clarify. The person I'm thinking is leaving is Sonya.
1: Yeah, I I have to change it then. I thought originally they are going to do some sort of thing where they cut Mandy's hair and then they do this whole thing about how, oh, Otis, you don't love me anymore because I'm not good looking. Oh, Peach, I I never saw you as just beautiful. You were always my woman. You know, those, you know some sort of bad Hallmark type of movie to do that. But yeah, now that things have changed, I think, uh. yeah, Sonya has to go away for a while, I think. Maybe she goes, maybe somebody requested to go to NXT. Who knows? But uh, I think, look, it's a good reason to take a vacation. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah, she might (laughs) just want some time off the TV right now. Yeah, I I, I get that. Hey,
1: I don't want to be a celebrity for a while. I I need to go rethink this. Good on her if that's what she did. So that changes my opinion, too. I I believe Mandy Rose wins this and and Sonya goes away for a while. So as put with a terrible beat the clock, Angle tonight. Uh, Bailey will be going first, even though she was going first originally. Anyways, uh, in the double duty, Bailey versus Oscar for the WWE SmackDown Women's Champion. Chris, I will give you.
2: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
0: Hunters yet again. So, uh, before we get started, I think it's worth mentioning that the the angle tonight with the Beat the Clock Challenge involving Naomi was really not as as bad of not reading the room as the Patrick Clark stuff. On NXT here this week. How so? Like, because, I mean, people are legitimately upset that Naomi is not getting treated with greater heft and greater weight. And whoever gets slotted into as the goober in the beat the clock challenge is being goobered.
1: I guess. I I think there's but I do think they've now set up Naomi as the next challenger for whoever the SmackDown Women's Champion is.
0: That's fair. That's fair. Um, so Bailey versus Asuka, I think that Bailey retains.
1: I think Bailey retains. I think it's either by DQ. I don't think it's by win, because again, we have these stories going on. Bailey's never beaten Asuka before one on one. So I think Sasha helps her win, or she just gets DQ'd, or she walks out, or whatever. But yes, I believe Bailey will retain the SmackDown Women's Championship one way or another. That leads us to the second match of this thing, Sasha Banks versus Asuka. Chris?
0: I think that Sasha loses the title exactly,
1: here. Exactly, because Sasha Banks yeah. has never defended a singles championship before.
0: Oh, yeah, you've got that. You've got that there. And, and then you might even have that played into a little bit more the night of SummerSlam where she goes to Bailey and she says, you know, it'd be really important for me to finally get my successful title defense, blah, blah, blah. And then Bailey screws her over.
1: That'd be interesting. I I think they've basically told you what the story is on Friday, which is just unfortunate because you could do depth to this thing. But either Bailey's not going to help. Or she's gonna screw Sasha. It's one of the right. two. Right.
0: Yeah. She's not gonna help. Yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. I can like, see uh, them doing uh, the
1: whole. Yeah. She or or she can't help or she chooses not to help. I think that's the way it goes. I mean, we had your friends fight and play debuted on Raw Underground this week. Uh Marina Shafir and Jessamine Duke, and I believe that she will probably play a part in this Shayna Baszler in some ways because I think the tag team match. At payback, it's probably going to be Shayna and Asuka taking on Bailey and Sasha for the tag title. So it could be just something where Bailey can't help and Sasha takes it personally. I think it depends on who they make the heel out of this. I think Sasha's more of a natural heel, but I think the more interesting heel here is Bailey out-healing Sasha and finding a Sasha redemption story.
0: But I, Yeah, and I, I kind of think that's where we're going, too. Yeah, to. so
1: I, I think Sasha Banks probably ends up losing the towel. And I think she's okay with it as long as... As long as they get the Bailey blow off at Mania, which I think they'll get to because I think they lose the tag titles at Payback and then the draft happens and one of them gets sent to another show and then they're kept separate and then they heat it up again next year before Mania in Los Angeles. So uh, if it is in Los Angeles, who knows at this point?
0: You mentioned Raw Underground. I, I thought that the Raw Underground segment this week was better.
2: Yeah. But like that's not it, much.
0: It's, no, it's not much. I mean, it, but I guess I'll put it this way. Think of, like, your standard WWE three-and-a-half-minute to four-minute squash match. And now think of your standard Raw Underground match thing. And is the four, minute, four minutes of Raw Underground better than the standard WWE squashy-style one-sided match? Yeah, I, I would say so. Um, but it's also not something that you can fill up two hours with either. And there's no plot really around it right now.
1: Dominic Mysterio. Events just oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Dominic Mysterio versus Seth Rollins in a street fight.
0: Um, I say Seth Rollins goes over here.
1: I think Seth goes over, but I think Ray gets involved. Of course, I think Buddy Murphy gets involved. Or I'm sorry, Murphy gets involved, uh, but yeah, I think ordinarily, you know, well, it's the law of the go-home show anyways, the guy who has the upper hand loses, so, you know, Dominic's in a, uh, cush position right now, uh, daddy is there, and he's very well-liked and very marketable, and has an offer from a competing company, if you believe, uh, the rumors about AEW, but I do think, uh, they do something dastardly to Dominic and they set up the rematch for revenge between Ray and Seth somehow in this.
0: Yeah, that actually would make some sense here is that Ray has to ultimately come and redeem his son. Although, I mean, really, it shouldn't be the point of this story arc be to get over Dominic and not get over Ray. <laughs> but I do think that this ends with Ray settling the score.
1: The United States championship is on the line. Apollo Cruz versus MVP. Chris, who you got?
0: I think that MVP wins because he gets help.
1: Agreed. They, again, WWE mysteries aren't hard, kids. It's either the person you think did it or it's something out of left field. They are teasing Cedric Alexander turning. Cedric Alexander is going to turn. Or it's gonna be Ali for no reason whatsoever. It's one of those two things, or Ricochet even. But yeah, I think uh, I think MVP wins this. I think he wins it with help from uh, Cedric Alexander. I think Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin
0: experienced the "you can't beat him, join him" thing. Yeah. So got, yeah. you
1: never had faith in me, even though I was injured, and this was my fight. Blah blah blah. But and then it gets into the uh, we get the hurt business out there. And it becomes tension between Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander, at, for MVP's affection for when he doesn't have affection for Bobby, and that becomes the reason that that breaks up or whatever. But you know, we get tag team matches with Shelton and uh, Cedric versus Ricochet and Ali. And they go fifty fifty for a while, and you know.
0: Uh, well, I'm here for a Cedric Alexander Shelton Benjamin tag team. I'm
1: not. I'm not too. Uh, I'm not too upset about that. I gotta be honest. I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I, no, and, and with MVP talking them up or whatever, I think that that can actually make for some pretty watchable television angles. And uh, in an era of really bad Raw and SmackDown, I will say that MVP continues to be a bright spot, even when he's having he is when he has to deliver crap. So
1: so good. Because he he brings an energy to his promo, even though the words he's saying are bad. And you believe what he's saying. I think that's that's the most important thing to me, is you believe he's actually saying the things that he's saying.
0: Yeah, he has credibility. The same way that Joe has credibility Mm -hmm. um, on commentary, and even when he's doing some of the weirder angles, and and that sort of stuff that they've thrown at him over the last few months here. uh, Like Samoa Joe... Uh, MVP, they've been real bright spots in uh, some otherwise dismal TV from week to week. And what feels
1: like their 8 millionth match against one another, the Street Profits versus Andrade and Angel Garza for the Raw Tag Team Championship. Who do you got?
0: Uh, I, I'm going to say that uh, Andrade... No, I'm going to say the Street Profits win. I'm going to say they win.
1: Pretty straight ahead to me. Again... Oh, my goodness. Zelina Vega did the poisoning. Who couldn't have seen that coming except everybody? Uh, yeah. Um,
0: well, there was no suspense in that no. mystery. The worst part about the WWE version of mysteries is like, okay, sometimes WCW, like they would do like Dusty liked a good mystery, Um, but his mysteries didn't always make sense. But at least when Dusty did a mystery, like they would be like long mysteries that would take six to eight weeks to kind of fully develop out here. With WWE, there was no suspense. There were no other alternative suspects. We didn't really get any of like Dawkins kind of going out there and being a detective and maybe getting help from the Viking Raiders or whatever as this like detective sidekicks. <laughs> oh,
1: kicks in. Chris. Chris, you know they're gonna dress him up in like Sherlock Holmes outfits and big yeah, magnifying and, and the glasses? Viking Raiders
0: they they combine to become Watson. Oh. They they both i they both asked to be recognized as Watson. My
1: head hurts thinking about that. Uh, basically, yeah, that's a good show. Basically, it's gonna be a fun spot filled match. Bianca's gonna get a spot against Zelina, and the Street Profits are gonna win. That's what's gonna happen here. Yeah. Uh, Universal Championship Braun Strowman versus the Fiend Bray Wyatt. That ambulance uh, spot though, Chris. I.
0: Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part of that ambulance spot was the the tall man um, who kept yelling oh, at Adam the ambulance. Pierce. Yeah. yeah. Going the wrong way. No, you can't do that. Ah, oh, jeez. Come on. No. Emmy worthy.
1: Look, that's that's one the Emmy committee is getting next year, Chris. I could I just uh, best supporting. Yeah, I would actor. send
0: that. I would send that in for the considerations okay. with they yeah. when they get ready for the TV awards. Absolutely. <laughs> no, don't no. back up the. Hey, go, the hospital's over there. It's over there. <laughs> Who you got? Um I think the fiend ends up standing tall.
1: I think you're correct. Uh but I don't well actually you know what? I'm I'm gonna disagree. I'm now looking at what I predicted and I think it's still true. I don't think the fiend takes the, the universal championship.
0: I th- But he takes over mind? He takes mind? over
1: Braun. And, yeah. and we get this okay. we get this you know, he he gets control of Braun, and then he lays down for Braun for the one, two, three, and everybody's like, "What's going on?" And Alexa Bliss is like, no, no, please, no, Braun, you're my friend. Come back. You're so human. And then.
0: Yeah, uh, she's going to try to fight to get him back.
1: Fight. This isn't you. This isn't you, Braun Strowman. Uh, You're my uh, friend. This isn't you. And then the love of a good woman turns him around eventually. You know, whatever. You know, it's going to be that kind of uh, melodrama. I'm sure there'll probably be some cinematic aspects to this match. Um
0: and I, I We I, forgot I, about the ridiculousness of Braun Strowman invading the Firefly Funhouse and then Graves trying to explain the kayfabe relationship of the Firefly Funhouse with the actual physical arena of WWE and just like he did a great job struggling mightily through what is absolute utter nonsense like Saying that the Firefly Funhouse is indeed someplace backstage, but no one has ever found a way to enter it. No,
1: Seth Rollins did, remember?
0: <laughs> well, but the to Graves tonight, no one ever has. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah, I forgot. We yeah. had Rick on that. No, but, but Braun Strowman's going to be a character on this Funhouse next week. I guaran—I I think that. I'm not going to guarantee it, but I think that's what's going to happen.
0: Do you think he'll be Huskiss, or do you think he'll be Ramblin' Rabbit?
1: I think he'll be a new... Here's my new friend from the neighborhood, kids. Aww! You know, whatever they. Do. Oh,
0: okay, and he'll be like a wacky, zany, yeah, like gonna, yeah, happy-go-lucky but evil sort of version of and himself. And
1: then he will turn into a fiend type character when need be. Yeah, they're going to do. Oh
0: well, you know, may, I mean, maybe, but like now, I almost think it's more likely that the fiend wins the title, and then bronze now is heavy.
1: That could happen too. I could see that. Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton. Who wins?
0: I think Drew McIntyre wins. They've done a really nice job building up Randy Orton here, but I, I don't see a, I mean, this is the time of year when WWE does like to do a Randy Orton transitional championship run, but I don't see them taking the belt off of Drew McIntyre here. Yeah.
1: It's a real tough position because Orton is of course big star. There could be money and viewership in a chase, but it wouldn't be with Drew McIntyre. 'Cause Drew McIntyre still needs this title to be relevant, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and you would need a really hot baby face to be in the chase. Like so like I, I mean, you know, obviously the Daniel Bryan push from back in the day is sort of the archetypal play here where you put the belt on Randy Orton, not because everyone needs to see Randy Orton matches until the cows come home. Um, that actually got exhausting during that run but because you've got a really hot baby face, Randy Orton's a steady hand. The RKO is very over as a move, Um, very well protected, very well presented on WWE television. They know how to do that in, in an effective way. And you would do that to build up the baby face. But Drew's... Drew's past the point where he needs to be built up. They, I mean, and inside of their own kayfabe right now, like the Brock Lesnar defeat at WrestleMania, they they need that WrestleMania to matter, right? Like, because it was the empty arena WrestleMania, it looks weird and blah, blah, blah. They need it to matter. So that Brock Lesnar victory needs to matter. And so that was supposed to have made Drew. So why do you need to have Drew Chase Orton? um i i and also like i don't need this orton mcintyre program to go on longer uh i I, they've done a nice job though with orton in this sort of revamp cover band version of the legend killer it's not the most inspired presentation of him ever but randy's done a fine job
1: Does retribution get involved
0: Oh, even better. Then Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton set aside their differences and realize that their one true love is wrestling. Not wrestling. Sports entertainment. And the company that allows them to sports entertain around the world. And they fight off retribution side by side, back to back.
1: I'm going to throw something else out there, and it was something I was thinking might happen, because I figure retribution is... See, they're they're if you do them in any other match other than this other ma- other than this match, it's not important. It's stupid. They're geeks. They're dead. What if Randy Orton's the head of Retribution and the legend he's trying to kill is WWE?
0: Oh, see, that's that's, that's kind of in the Pat McAfee as the head of Retribution. Yeah. yeah, it's it's like too clever. Yeah, like what you were saying earlier about the mystery is. They either come completely out of left field, so it might be Mustafa Ali, who's the head of Retribution. <laughs> you people never had any faith in me, so I like,
1: right. Uh, yeah, or, or uh, oh, God, what's his name? Uh, uh, Shorty G. No, no, Shorty no, 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 G is no, no, the leader no, of Antifa. Three man, ba- other three man band guy.
0: Heath Slater. No, not
1: Slater, the third.
0: Um, oh, oh Jinder, Mahal. Jinder Mahal. Absolutely. Jinder Mahal is he's a, the has, most, he's uh, the yes. most likely suspect. Hey, it's time appear. to re him.
1: You people. Yeah. <laughs> retribution. It's my retribution against Drew for three-man band. And that becomes a program with Jinder Mahal and, and Drew McIntyre.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm here for that. Special guest referee, Heath Slater.
1: Uh, well, no, Heath's with TNA now. Or Impact Wrestling, I'm sorry, Impact Wrestling. And I hope he's very happy and uh, makes a lot of money, becomes a star, and never comes back.
0: Yeah, no, I, I hope he gets to at least have some good matches. All
1: right, that's SummerSlam. The preceding night will be NXT TakeOver 30. Boy, Chris, I've said this occasionally before. You don't, you don't doubt TakeOvers, but occasionally you get one on paper that you look at and you go, there's no way they're going to pull this one out. There's no This This will be... People have been waiting for that first real takeover dud. And I think this might be it. I hate to say that. I'm going to reserve judgment until I watch it. I'm just saying, looking at this lineup, this could be... As opposed to other takeovers, which are more wrestling shows... This could be a very sports entertainment show, Chris. And I have I have fears given some of these matches that it's going to be very overbooked at times.
0: Yeah, I share that concern. And I guess the most important thing about this takeover is that the build up to this takeover has just been so ham handed and sort of. Unfocused, it feels like, mm-hmm. and this is a big show. This is Takeover Thirty. They're trying to make it feel like this big milestone. I mean, hell, they got Metallica as the soundtrack for this. And, and granted, Metallica is not like the Metallica you know, what, what Metallica meant in the '90s when I was growing up. Is like they're the metal act. You know, they, people don't listen to Metallica like that anymore. But they still have a fan base for sure. Like they they've got certain things. Going into this, but the actual storyline, it doesn't feel like it's there. If we're gonna put the belt on Cross, which I think we're going to do, it doesn't feel like Cross's time quite yet either. He had that big win over Tommaso Ciampa, well, but save like, he'd this, like to save see- this
1: for 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 the okay. preview of that match.
0: From- All right, here's what I, here's what I will say. It was jarring to hear Saint Anger on NXT television uh- this week that Lars Ulrich snare drum. Dulk!
1: For me, for this one, for either 25 or 30, it should have been a past versus present type feud for me. And they should have had some of the mainstays from NXT have gone to the main roster, fighting the new kids, and pretty much putting them over. I think that would have been a good idea.
0: Oh, and a big return. Someone who was involved in one of the early eras of NXT, like Takeovers 1 through 10, coming back and like that that should be the person challenging keith lee for the nxt title or even
1: Io shirai because i think i think you have to give a horsewoman a match although the problem is you already kind of did that with the charlotte angle at mania so it loses that appeal i don't know um but we'll go into this and uh we'll see what everybody thinks everybody being you and me number one contenders match for the nxt tag team titles champions currently are imperium Legato del Fantasma, the team, our boys, of Raúl Mendoza and uh, the former, what's his, what's his name now, uh, Wild and was Joaquin DJ Wild. Z. Joaquin now Wild. he's Joaquin Wild. Then yeah, I almost call him DJZ. Versus Brizongo, versus Birch and Lurkin. Chris, who uh, who's the new number one contenders to take on Imperium here?
0: I'm going to say Brizongo because Brizongo needs wins. Uh, they have not been getting a lot of them recently. Birch and Lorkin are, of course, the stronger match for Imperium, but they can always go back to that. And also, I believe Imperium beat Birch and Lorkin not that long ago.
2: I
1: think you might be right. I'm, I'm just frustrated because I think Legato del Fantasma versus Birch and Lorkin would be a great match. I think. Look, no offense to Brisongo. I think they have potential. But they're just back doing their same shtick, and they're they're the least interesting of the three teams.
0: Uh, well, they don't really for for two guys who are supposed to be super close and buddies, and they get dressed up together. They don't do a lot of tandem offense, yeah. and they don't have that buddy synergy thing that is what makes a tag team fun to watch versus a singles talent. What what we like about tag teams, like when you talk about the Midnight Express. One of the things you'll mention is like the Vegematic, right? Yeah. Uh, it's all the tandem moves that tag teams do that make us like the tag teams. You know, like the Steiner brothers doing the uh, Bulldog off of uh, Scotty's shoulders. It, that's the sort of stuff that Brizongo lacks.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm frustrated by it because it's one of those things where, um, you know, I, I, I'm going to pick Burch and Lorcan. Because I think it's just a better match, quite frankly. I don't, I don't see a lot of, I don't see what the unless they're gonna take the belts off of Imperium and put them on Brizanga, which is also not that interesting to me because they're gonna lose them soon after, anyways.
0: Well, I don't think they're going to... I think either way is going to be a successful retention for Imperium. I think the way... My my assumption is that the way the NXT US writing staff is currently approaching Imperium is the relatively new tag team champions.
1: Yeah, well, give me uh, give me Imperium versus Birch and Lorcan then, please. I'd, I'd much rather have that, so I'm going to go with that, even though I think you're probably correct. Finn Balor versus Timothy Thatcher in a match announced on social media. Um... Let me go first this time. Uh, Finn Balor has been terrible on this run in NXT where he was a big deal. Crowds love him. And unfortunately the COVID era has killed him dead. He's now kind of confused because he's in that, he's in that same lane as a couple of other guys on NXT where he kind of had a heel turn and then they've decided to make him a babyface again. And there's no real clear definition there. Um,
0: a more thought out NXT right now would be building into TakeOver 30 with Finn Balor trying to reclaim the NXT championship. Maybe with a chip on his shoulder that he never really lost the universal champion and championship and he was the first universal champion and that he wants to reclaim some glory and that he wants to challenge Keith Lee so you have a former long-standing champion going up against the current long-standing champion.
1: Tim Thatcher, as we've said before, much like Drew Gulak, has exceeded my expectations of what he could do in a sports entertainment realm. He's been entertaining. He's been pretty great. I love the Thatch as Thatch Can segments. But I believe he's here to build up guys. And at least until, again, I, I still think he's going to be made head of Imperium because I don't know what's going to happen to Walter. I don't know what's going on there. But until then, he's going to lose. But he's going to lose valiantly. I think Finn Balor wins this.
0: Yeah, I think Finn Balor goes over here. Um, I, I, I think also that they want to get Finn Balor a win because they want to build to maybe a Balor versus Carrion Cross. I think
1: that as well, and I think you don't pull out the demon against Tim Thatcher. I think you pull him out against Carrion Cross after a couple matches first. So, yeah, I think Finn Balor wins this. NXT North American Championship ladder match. Bronson Reed versus Damian Priest versus Cameron Grimes versus Johnny Gargano. Versus Velveteen Dream, bit of a scare in the Gargano-Ridge-Holland match. As much as I love Ridge-Holland, uh, he, dro- he He didn't rotate enough. He almost killed Johnny Gargano on that body slam. Uh, interesting in that I thought that was going to be all new kind of people, but I, then I realized you kind of need a ring general in there, and that's what Johnny Gargano is there for. Chris, who do you have uh, being the North American champion?
0: I think Cameron Grimes is going to the moon, baby. Call astronaut after uh, Saturday night.
1: I think it depends. Because if we have main, main roster logic going, and I don't know if we do or not, there are two truisms to ladder matches in the WWE, at least the main roster. Number one, if you are shown on top of a ladder with the prize, you don't win it in the match. And so that would eliminate Cameron Grimes for me. Number two, the person who looks worst in the build is always the guy who wins. So when you do these one on one matches and people lose, you know, it's the guy who took the most number of falls in the build. Money in the bank. It's almost a truism. The guy who looks the worst gets the title. So I'm going to say I think Damian Priest wins this.
0: Damian Priest. Yeah,
1: all right. I would I, look. I love your pick. I would love Cameron Grimes to do this, but as soon as I saw him on the ladder heckling guys, I was like, "Uh, he's not gonna win it. Damn
2: it!"
0: I, I mean, it just okay. So my case for Grimes is that they've really built up this idea that he can sneak one out out of nowhere, mm-hmm. and a ladder match really does seem kind of tailor made for Cameron Grimes to you know weasel his way to the North American title. I, I think that a heel wins this just because of the multi-man setup like that just seems to advantage heel style narratives um but at, at one point i also thought bronson reed might win this so bronson
1: reed's been the red herring he's the guy they have built up as the star yeah. you know they've given him the vignettes they've given him the big win against priest
0: but he's gonna probably be in the chase oh because Damian priest they haven't really decided this guy's a baby face exactly or a heel. he's kind in of that go- same, they've gone yeah. all, all these different directions yeah sure He's in
1: that same Finn Balor territory, which is just... Because he
0: hates Bronson Reed, but he also hates Cameron Grimes.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's do a prop bet. Percentage chance Velveteen Dream goes out with this title.
0: I think it's pretty low. I I think because he's been a former champion like Johnny Gargano, the chances of those two guys getting it, I'd say combined. uh, Those two guys combined 20%.
1: NXT Women's Championship, Io Shirai versus Dakota Kai.
0: I think Io Shirai retains here. I think Raquel Gonzalez gets involved. Um, I just I don't see Dakota as champion at this point. Um, I think they've done a pretty decent job building her up. But I, I will say that the promo that she did here on Wednesday, when she's calling out Io Shirai, she really needed to stand her ground a little bit more against Io. Like they needed to really be squaring off in the middle of the ring before she powdered way too soon. Dakota did not need to like basically immediately hit the bricks.
1: Everything about that go-home show for Dakota Kai sucked for Dakota Kai. And I think Dakota Kai is one of the more compelling stories in the NXT women's division right now because everybody else has kind of been 50-50. And, or they're green as grass and they can't do anything and they're not ready to be pushed other than Io Shirai. I mean, you have... Rhea Ripley's ice cold and she's trying to build her heat back up against Mercedes Martinez. That's a pretty good feud. And I will take that every day of the week. Mia Yim and Candice LeRae are trading wins, but Dakota Kai took a lot. I believe she's the one who took the pin in that tag match. And then she's in there doing 50, 50 with Jesse Kamiya and God love Jesse Kamiya. I think she has a great personality. I think this is now her fourth or fifth reboot. Of Jessie Camilla trying to make her happen.
0: Oh, that that fire up spot of hers was. Um, She's
1: clumsy. It was so, not warm.
0: No. I, I I could not roast a marshmallow on that you know, fire a couple up spot weeks that ago, she tried to do.
1: A couple weeks ago, they made her a heel, and she was coming out all sultry and stuff, and she just didn't fit the That's part. That's right. Yeah, and then right, you know, you've right. had the Jessie show, you've had athletic one, you've had kind of the dorky one on on May Young Challenge. I like her. I just. I'd never see it happen. I think
0: before. she's. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's a function there, but like, there is this real issue right now in NXT. It's kind of. Remember, they were at one point supposed to be this developmental place, and you have people like Indy Hartwell and Jesse Kamea, um, who very much feel like, and uh, to a certain extent, Casey Catanzaro, who feel like people who are on what nxt originally was which was developmental wrestling well, and then you at have
1: indie experience so that's that's a good thing i mean that's that's more than casey and
2: jesse yeah. did
0: no i know that is a good thing and and, and indy's probably a little bit better than mm-hmm. them too i would say yeah um but like yeah i, I mean so it, i i'd like Sorry, I, still I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt ago. your
1: thought please continue
0: no, no 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 it's fine it's fine i wasn't trying to slag indie hartwell here i'm just saying like there's like this you know there's this gap between, you know, her, not like just Io Shirai, but like Dakota Kai, Rhea Ripley, Mercedes Martinez, Candice LeRae, Mia Yim. Like, these are all, these are not people who are developing at this point. These are people who are sophisticated veterans. In the case of Io Shirai, she is a, a well-practiced veteran who's arguably the best in her craft. Uh, so, it's, you just feel it's like golf. You know, uh, like there are these people who are basically really in the squashed tier, And then you have uh, these veterans kind of holding up the division, but not a clear way. There's not a clear ladder to elevate those people from the lower tier up to the higher tier. Um, And you don't see anyone ready to make that journey at this point.
1: See, this for me is going to be the match where if there were a live crowd, they'd turn on it. Because I think this is going to be overbooked. I think this is going to be your standard You know, person with a bodyguard match versus babyface champion. And she overcomes the odds eventually, even though Raquel Gonzalez is constantly interfering. I I just I I, I'd much rather see a Dakota Kai versus Io Shirai match because I think I think Dakota Kai deserves it because she's been in this system for three years now, four years, I think or she was Yeah, played, I mean, yeah, she, she, she was,
0: came in as Evie. Yeah, she was like a little baby face at one
2: point. Yeah,
1: no, she was a straight ahead baby face and she was doing she was losing to everybody and she's never really been on a takeover like this other than the last one in Portland where they did the street fight where she was really good. So I'd like to see her have a long good match with someone. I just I just don't see that happening.
0: No, no. I I I wish, um, but no, I, I'm not optimistic.
1: The Marketing hook for this show The grudge match Chris that we've all been waiting for. Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee showing the professional wrestlers how to cut a promo on a go home show. Good God this made me more excited for this show than I er for this match than I ever should be.
0: Uh, That was, uh, in terms of promos in American wrestling in 2020, that's a top five promo, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, that that was one of the top five best promos I've seen all this year.
1: It had emotion. It had hate. It had a bit of cockiness on his part, talking about all the jobs he's made money in, you know, which is also true, you know, podcasting, radio, ESPN commentator wrestling which I believe he has a million dollar contract with WWE don't quote me on that uh, football you know all the all these jobs I thought he was spectacular and I was you know I'm judging a bit on a low bar here because all you really have to do is not have the moment swallow you but I thought he really came in and delivered a hell of a promo here I, I was pleasantly surprised I had uh and an independent wrestler disagree with me, but you know, to each their own. I thought that was great. Chris, who do you have winning this match?
0: I'm gonna say it goes to a non finish. I don't think this angle's over.
1: I don't think this angle's over, but I do think Adam Cole's time in the undisputed era is over.
0: Oh, you think the era is gonna turn on Adam? I Cole? think
1: the era is turning on Adam Cole. I don't know this necessarily, but I think Pat McAfee might be the next Mongo. Although he has a little bit better mobility and athletic prowess than Mongo did at the time he got into wrestling. Mongo had toughness up the Yazoo against McAfee. McAfee, sneaky good athlete. Not not great. He's not D'Angelo Williams. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't expect to put on a clinic here. But he is a personality... And he would fit in with the Undisputed Era. And I think then that gives Adam Cole a bunch of feuds to go into until they decide what they're going to do with this Cameron, C- or this Carrion Cross thing. Because remember, they did set up that during this Keith Lee build as well, before the title versus title match. So I think they may go back to that eventually. But I think it might be time to turn Adam Cole full babyface baby. So I'm, I'm going to say... I'm gonna say Pat McAfee wins this match
0: yeah I could see that um I I think I think it makes some sense that McAfee wins it uh but yeah no I, I think this goes on a while longer he's good uh, he, he's a good talker and the way wrestling is formatted right now he has the promo that works on the way they format their shows
1: yeah And finally Keith Lee the champion taking on Karrion cross.
0: Well, I mean, clearly, this is going to be Cross going over here. Uh, I think the question is, how dominant of a win is it going to be over Keith Lee? And I am seriously wondering if maybe Keith Lee is going to be like obliterated here by carrying Cross in relatively short order.
1: I don't know, Chris. I'm gonna, I'm going to put something to you. They do occasionally bring up people after SummerSlam. And I think one of these acts has to go to the main roster. I think the smart money is on Keith Lee. Which is weird because I don't understand why they give him the title. I, I I just... It's one of those things where... We both wanted him to... We both wanted him to do double duty on this show and defend both titles. Now we're saying we're going to take away both titles within the span of a month and a half or so? That just seems... Weird for a guy you see a lot in. Now, the, now the time to bring up Keith Lee was after the Royal Rumble.
0: But at the same point, like, if they didn't have plans to move Keith Lee on, they wouldn't have taken the North American title off of him. True.
1: Karrion Cross and Scarlet are tailor-made for the main roster, if they're not overused. I think people will love them. I know that we crap all over the gimmick.
0: Because it's weird. Oh, no, that entrance in front of a live audience. I, I think if they had been able to debut this in front of a live audience and they had the right house, like they were in. Not a, NXT. Take,
1: not an NXT house. A main no, no, I'm house. talking like an arena.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah, they, they debuted this in an arena. If it was 1998, they had done video packages for this for like four weeks, and we were getting ready to see Karrion Cross the same way we were getting ready to see Gangrel. First time, carrying cross comes out with all the smoke and everything. I, I, yeah, no, I, I think this would be over like Rover in front of a live audience. I I worry that stuff that should be over won't translate to being over in front of live audiences coming out of the COVID pre-tapey era, um, and that could be a tough sell for carrying cross. But we'll have to see.
1: My sneaking suspicion to the finish of this, and this is another overbooked finish. I think we're gonna have a kind of a callback to the. You remember the Keith Lee "Key in the Eye" spot versus Gargano. It's gonna be S- yeah. Scarlet's nails.
0: Okay, okay. In the eye right.
1: this time. Oh, those are the. That's the damaged eye of Keith Lee, and that enables Carrying Cross to get the win. That's my thinking. And yes, Will I do. He th-
0: potentially lose the eye.
1: Might be. Uh, he might have to go away for a while.
0: Yeah, he has to wrestle with uh he has to wear like an eye patch oh, thing. Oh, like I was even stereo. thinking to him
1: off TV until they draft him on Raw if they do him during the if they want to wait till the draft even.
0: I mean, the other option here if they decided to go a different way since they took the belt off of uh, Keith Lee, uh, the North American belt. Um I mean, the other option is he beats Karrion Cross and then they move Karrion Cross onto the main roster.
1: That yeah, that's the other thing is is yeah. So I think the loser goes to the main roster.
0: It is a loser leaves town match. I think that Keith Lee is the person who will be leaving town, though. So I'm going to say Keith Lee loses. Carrying Cross is your new champion.
1: Yeah, and uh, they're gonna. It's weird because this is really the first, other than well, maybe other than Damian Priest, a bit. This is the, really the first "quote unquote" supernatural gimmick that we've had in NXT, which is a bit weird for me because it's always kind of been a straight ahead wrestling promotion. I mean, like, I could easily see Karrion Cross biting Keith Lee in the back of the neck like Shayna Baszler did, <laughs> Becky Lynch, because they are kind of teasing the Fifty Shades of Grey thing with those two. I, I could see that happening. But it's already kind of weird for NXT to do this kind of gimmick. I just don't know if they'd start bringing people back. And I don't even know on the TV show week to week. I don't think...
0: Yeah, no, I think him as a champion in NXT will be a real dud because of the production tensions of him coming out, all the smoke gets billowed out, um, and this will be slightly resolved once he's champion, right? Because the challenger will come out first, theoretically, if they do it right, um, and then he'll come out and all the smoke will billow out. But we've been seeing this problem where, like, he comes out first and then whoever his opponent is who comes out second has to walk through, like, a cloud of smoke. They need a fan. Or like a leaf blower.
1: Yes, come on. Scarlet should come out with a leaf blower. And blow the smoke
0: off. Well, not Scarlet. Uh, the, the, the baby face comes out with the leaf blower.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> Scarlet's oh, oh, Get control, Hawkins. Um, Yeah, the, the other thing, I mean, it, it'll be weird as well because gimmicks we consider duds in NXT did get over in on the main roster. You know, we, we had examples of Elias and Baron Corbin and Alexa Bliss and Car- Adam
0: Rose and
1: Carmella, Adam Rose. <coughs> but that was before the USA era. And we've never really had to test that theory. So, That'll
0: be an- and it's really hard to say what's over uh-huh. when you're not actually performing in front of a live audience. Yep. You know, so I, I mean, one thing I'd love to know more about, and I don't know more about, is how is WWE really getting a sense of what's capturing the audience imagination right now? How do they know if an angle's working? Do they even care? It, it certainly doesn't feel that way. Sometimes, well, they love to check uh,
1: Twitter, but
0: yeah, yeah, I mean.
1: They also hate Twitter at the same time, so we'll see. Right,
0: and then they complain that Twitter only shows you a certain subset of the fans, and that's also true. Mm-hmm.
1: But that's also how they spread the news about the Thunderdome. That's how they got fans in the building, quote-unquote, for Thunderdome. So, you know, it, well, they did by an email blast as well, but at the same time. So, I mean, I, I I get it. It's just it's very weird without fans knowing what's working and what's not. For all we know... Scarlet and Bailey aren't working with fans, although I, I think I've seen a lot more positive chatter. But that could just be Sasha fans on the internet too. So, anyways, I'll do it for us. Enjoy the graps for the next five days, six days, something like that. I mean, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday Night Raw, Dark if you're completist. Then the Wednesday night uh, doubleheader again. Dear Lord, that's a lot of graps. You can follow my snark about it at Crap Game 13. You can follow Chris and his occasional wrestling watching at Chris Novembrino. He's more into politics right now, admittedly. He also does some shows on audio with which he will now uh, advertise.
0: Yeah, don't worry about the government's my other show. You can go and find that at don'tworry.tv on uh, iTunes, on Stitcher, on Spotify, all those fine locations, patreon.com slash DWATG as well. hear the premium stuff. I've recorded like an album's worth of music, so if you sub up over there, you can can hear all of the music that I've been putting together here over the last month. And uh, high wattage, who knows? Maybe, maybe I record another episode. I don't know. I, I mean, when the mood strikes me, it just happens. Uh, and and it, it may come back. All in the Family Podcast is still available, too, at allinthefamilypodcast.com. We haven't taped in a while. Who knows? The band will get back together. Maybe. We'll see.
1: <laughs> Until then, good night with dreams of Scarlet and a leaf blower. <laughs> Show more cleavage, Scarlet. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin!